and welcome to School of Parenting with me, Rachel, and my guest today is Chloe Liebowitz. Good morning, Chloe. Good morning. It's lovely to have Chloe here. We are going to be talking this morning, chatting about blended families. Um, so just having a look at some statistics, having a look at um, what makes these work, what perhaps doesn't make these work, sadly. Um, we're going to be chatting to Chloe about her experiences, um, some advice, and also coming up a bit later in the show, um, obviously some local uh, news around the area, but also talking about the dreaded WhatsApp groups. Um, <laughs> I can't imagine how you navigated those as a blended family, <laughs> so that would have been another challenge for you. Um, so first of all, uh, I mentioned actually when Gemma was asking what we've got coming up this morning, so a statistic that I came across um, in step family studies suggests that 60 to 70 percent of step families fail which is really sad and I was really surprised about Um, and it said that this was down to false expectations that might be in place unwillingness to work on very difficult problems and then not seeking outside help so Chloe tell us a little bit about uh, your story and your blended family Okay. Uh, Yeah, so we're a family of seven, um, and I have two children, and my husband Gary has three, and we've been together for ten years, Um, been married for five and a half years. So, um, yeah, it is a a bit of a shocking statistic, but it's unsurprising, I think. Okay. Um, If you kind of know the reality of bringing two families together, it's difficult. There's a lot of stuff to navigate um but yeah we I mean we met when our kids were pretty young so our our two youngest ones were five at the time okay two of them were eight and one of them was 10 and they're now 20 two 18 year olds a 15 year old and a 16 year old Mm. so um yeah lots and lots of time has gone by um and we've uh, yeah it's it's full of ups and downs Mm. I mean no different to a normal family having their ups and downs, I guess, but much more complex. Mm. There's a huge amount of relationships going on in a blended family. Um, you've got the sort of the main sort of romantic relationship. Mm. You've got all those relationships with your own children, with each other's children, then the relationships between the children. Mm. So it's very, very complex. And you had you had a bit of an extra challenge, didn't you? Because th- the children went to the same school, mm-hmm. didn't they? So- They've always been at the same school. I yeah. imagine. <laughs> was that a little bit tricky? <laughs> um, it wasn't, it wasn't. I mean, you said at the beginning, so when you said about that statistic and you said part of it is um, kind of unrealistic expectations. Mm. Mm. And actually, yeah, when we first met, all five children were at the same primary school. They mm. then all ended up at the same secondary school as well. Okay. Um, and which has actually been being at this, in some ways, it makes life much easier because there's an mm. awful lot of logistics to manage when you've got five kids in yes. the mix if they're then doing different things. So that's kind of helpful in a way. Um, but yeah, they. Um, the, the, the kids themselves, actually, I think overall they would say they've had a very good time and oh. they've got these extra um, siblings in their life. I think, I think they do think of each other as brother and sisters and um, they've gone through various stages of getting on better, getting on less well and they've come through it now to a point where they all get along pretty nicely and I think they, my son said something recently about, and he, he's 18, and he said, oh, 
I really look forward to when we're all older and we have our big reunions and oh, all get back together. That's so they've got a lot of shared history and mm. memories and, um, you know, with anything, when you have the bad times, when they're bad, it's, it's pretty tough. Mm. It's pretty hard. But when you come through it all, it's more the good stuff that you remember. Yes, um, yeah. And we've created a lot of nice memories, a lot of shared memories, and we have dealt with the difficult stuff. So I think that's something... It, it, it could be easy to um, just kind of brush it under the carpet or, mm. you know, not really address it properly. And it's hard, it's hard to address it. Um, but because one of the, something that I was reading that I thought was quite, again, it, it was, it's obviously sort of a bit on the sad side, but it was saying this, um, this concept that was called a grief trigger because it said for, for some children, the adult, so the adult who has come into their, their life, their presence reminds the child that their biological families are not together. Mm-hmm. And I thought, gosh, that is obviously a thing, isn't it, for... Yeah. Yeah. for children and I think um you know whether the whether the uh, whether people then get together with someone else and they have a blended family or not I think for children I think it's generally known that they will always hold that hope that their parents will get back together mm. and that this is a temporary thing perhaps so then when you actually um then those families really do connect and you move in together or get married or anything that's really kind of taking that hope away quite a lot Mm. um so yeah I think that can I think that can be the case so what sorts of things did did you actually do I mentioned those three so the false expectations Mm. so um then the unwillingness to work on difficult problems so Mm -hmm. you've mentioned kind of just sweeping it under the carpet rather I suppose than getting it out into the open and then not seeking outside help I mean did you sort of go through all of those Mm -hmm. three steps yeah definitely I think when when Gary and I met, we were having such a great time together. We were like, this is going to be great. Oh, <laughs> big but, movie yeah, night. Exactly. <laughs> like, oh, no, it's going to be so fun. And, like, the kids will, like, get on so well. And, uh, and then I think you have a honeymoon period. Yes. We definitely had right. a honeymoon period. I okay. think about the first six months, the kids were, like, in love with each other. Oh, and, okay. Um, and I think, like, Gary's kids thought I was great my kids thought he was great and it was quite a crazy situation at the time because we both lived in very small properties at the time Mm. and which were fine for our own kids but then Mm. we kind of we got advice on how to integrate the two um, separate families of kids and Mm. we bought every book going we saw a counsellor who kind of knew about how to do this stuff to get some advice so we followed all the advice, advice we took it very um, we tried to take it very slowly, but the first weekend that we introduced the kids, they were like, this is great, can we have a sleepover? <laughs> and they just wanted to like be together all the time. And our two, oh. we've got two boys and three girls, and the two boys, who are actually three years apart in age, were joined at the hip instantly. And for years and years and years, they were by each other's side, like mm. good, good friends. Um, so that sort of, you know, for about six months, it was a big honeymoon period. By the end of that, we were spending all so much time together in very close quarters, mm. which is we then we got our home together. So there was actually enough space for everyone. But once, you know, that whole thing of like, oh, we're going to do this all the time then. <laughs> when the novelty mm. wore off. Yeah, and the yeah. novelty wears off a bit. <laughs> and everyone's kind of more themselves. And um it can get a bit irritating and then people start squabbling mm. and there's you know there's challenges that you don't anticipate um they were young at the time you know just mm. between the ages of five and ten and my husband was would be at work 
quite often and then I was suddenly <laughs> with five kids after mm. school every day um, and it's challenging and you're not always your best self and stuff happens um, so yeah I think unrealistic expectations it's real life it's, yes. it's not going to be like the Waltons or something um, so adjusting to that and behaving appropriately is, is something and then um, what's the second one that you said? Well, so unwillingness to work on the difficult right. problems. I mean, it yeah. sounds like you were quite you acknowledge then that there oh, when the yeah. problems sort of started mm-hmm. happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, was it logistics or um, arguing or I mean, and how do you then manage the whole discipline thing? Do, do, mm, you know, you discipline hard. your children uh. and Gary disciplines his. How does that work? I think it's, it's, very, it's hard and you have to feel your way with it and work out what to do. And it is yeah. hard if, you know, like I just said, with our situation, there would definitely be quite a few hours after school where I would be looking after all the kids yeah. and Gary wouldn't be there. Mm. And they're young, so there is more of that kind of discipline thing. So we kind of have to feel your way with that and have conversations about it. And do you know what? It, I'm saying all of this from a point of view of we totally didn't get it all right. Okay. Um, we completely <laughs> did not get it all right. And there's so many things that I did that I think, oh my God, you know, I can be really, I could be really self-critical looking back. And there were things I did that were um, not the best thing to do at all. Um, and it's really easy to be quite childish, actually. You end up in situations where um, maybe the kids are playing up because of certain things that are going on. They, they, they're in a vulnerable position. Mm. They've been through a lot of difficulties. They can really play up. You're not necessarily that used to them. It's mm. easy to kind of retreat and not deal with those problems, right? Yes, so that's yeah. what you're saying. It's very. It would be very easy just to keep walking away and just like, oh, this, you know, this is too much. Um, but I think we did get quite good, generally speaking, at talking about the things that happened but it's it, it's tense so it's mm. um finding the right ways to do it and having the right conversation the right people having the right conversations and yeah. trying to avoid people sort of going to other people to talk about the things that have happened rather than kind of do it yes. directly but yes. then it's harder to to build those bonds and have those conversations that you might perhaps naturally have with your own children yeah um can be much harder um and it's challenging anyway for for parents who aren't in that situation with their their children I mean you you know we all look back and say I could have handled that in a different way or yes I was I was acting like an eight-year-old in that situation as well so (laughs) so I mean don't beat yourself up about that because I think we all we all kind of do that but yeah you've got the extra challenge of then so children of say your husband now they've then got their other families Mm -hmm. haven't they so we you know potentially the other partner and then you know I guess that in that's also a challenge isn't it yeah so yeah I think that kind of thing is always a challenge you've got all the kids have got two homes yes two different sets of rules Mm. two different ways of doing Mm. things and that can be challenging Mm. you know they might be at their other house and and be able to do things in a certain way and then and then come to their other house and you say, well, actually, we're not doing that. And they're like, well, yeah. why not? Yeah. You know, I'm used to doing that. Um, so that that really is challenging. And again, those boundaries are hard enough when you're two parents with two children uh-huh. in, in your own home. house. You yeah. have to, you, like, that, that, that's not what we agreed. That's mm-hmm. not, you know, that's a different, you know, all that yeah. consistency and everything. Yeah. So, yeah. When so you there then can have... be that frustration sometimes. Um, and I know lots of people find this in whether they're, um, whether there's blended families going on or just divorced Mm. families Mm. that transition time so when the kids move from one home to the other home yeah it can take a while to kind of settle down again and Mm. be back in the groove of being in that place and then sometimes when you've like really got comfortable with it then they're on the move again Mm. 
Which is hard all round. I mean, it's hard, you know, it's hard for the kids always doing that movie. Yeah, game. it's not fun. And you um, seeking outside help. So you did get some help. Yeah. So we had help early on with like, how are we going to do this and bring the kids together and avoid doing anything silly? Yes. Um, yeah. So that was that was pretty good to do. And there's a lot of books that are very helpful. Mm. But we've definitely had things later on where we've sought help if there's just been times where there have been particularly tricky relationship issues you know amongst us and the kids and when everyone's going through teenagers mm. there's a lot of hormones going on and difficulties so yeah we've not really been shy about getting help from counsellors or whoever when we've needed it to to kind of sort different issues out and it's a good thing to do yeah it's a very good thing to and, do. and I mean ultimately getting that outside help you're then getting experts in aren't you who've mm-hmm. obviously experienced mm-hmm. and and you know all that kind of thing yeah oh well that's that's um that's great hearing all of that and 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 you're obviously doing that at the same time as you've you have your own business mm-hmm. um so we'll be chatting we will be chatting um a bit more to Chloe about that um we're going to have a song the climb with Miley Cyrus which seems very appropriate See it, that dream I'm dreaming But there's a voice inside my head saying You'll never reach it Every step I'm taking Every move I make feels lost with no direction My faith is shaken But I, I gotta keep trying Gotta keep my head held high There's always gonna be another mountain I'm always gonna wanna make it move Always gonna be an uphill battle Sometimes I'm gonna have to lose It ain't about how fast I get there Ain't about what's waiting on the other side The struggles I'm facing, the chances I'm taking, sometimes might knock me down, but no, I'm not breaking. I may not know it, but these are the moments that I'm gonna remember most, yeah. Just gotta keep going.
that was Miley Cyrus with The Climb, which seemed very appropriate for the chat that we're having this morning, which is about blended families. I'm chatting to Chloe Leibovitz, um, who went from a family of two children to a family of five children. And we were chatting um, in the break about, you know, the challenges that that... Um, chatting beforehand, but also in the break about the challenges that that brings. And Chloe, you were saying, you know, you do still have those challenges or, until, you know, sort of until recently, you still have those ups and downs. Because mm. so obviously the children are going through their own mm-hmm. changes and phases and teenagers yeah, and that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. So when that happens, you you will then have a counsellor that gets involved. Yeah, or... we have done in the past. Not not anymore. I think, we, I think we've got to a really good place. Um, and... Uh, you know the eldest one is off at uni we've got two more going to uni in September and then there's just gonna be two of them around most of the time which will be strange Um, but definitely when we've needed to we have I mean for the last couple of years we've been good um, and it and it all feels in quite a different place now and and that's quite an achievement you see you know I was saying to you that I think sometimes people can give up because Mm. it is really you know it can be so challenging and it can make you think like is this is it worth it you know everyone is going through all of this and it's so difficult but I mean I was really surprised with that statistic 60 to 70 percent fail that really shocked me yeah because it because it's huge challenges I mean if you think how difficult it can be just in a in a normal marriage with your children where there's no back and forth there's no um sort of ex-partners involved um so that you know they and those complex feelings that the children have about their parents getting divorced someone else being in the picture that's all so difficult to navigate Mm. and I think a lot of people do just think it's not it's not worth it or you know oh it's it's too hard for everybody so we'll just give up so I think that statistic has always been very very high yes um but I mean I I would say now from from my perspective that it's very worth the the heartache and the tears mm. and the ups and downs um, because, you know, we are in a great place now. And now it feels kind of like an achievement and a lovely thing that we can look back and we've got all these lovely memories. And it's, it's not the rubbish stuff that we remember. Mm. You know, we know that it's happened, but we have so many great memories and lovely big family holidays and yeah. funny, silly stuff. I mean, I remember when we were first together and we would go out <clears throat> I don't know, we'd have like a day out in London and get the train tickets out and see all the kids through the barriers and people would be like, <laughs> oh my God, like all these tons of kids. Um, and yeah, we have a lot of lovely memories together and it's it's nice to reminisce. And we had a lovely wedding with all the kids at the wedding doing Aww. stuff, um, which was really very special. It was a lot of tears. Um because it was but emotional, it, happy, it was happy very, tears. Yeah, yes. yeah, and they, uh, yeah, and the kids all did. They all did like they wrote things that they read oh. out about us all being together, and they acknowledged in their speeches that they said in the ceremony that it it was hard sometimes, mm. and they found it hard sometimes. But um, one of the girls definitely said, "You know, we don't sweep it under the carpet. We deal with yes, it." Yes, yeah, um, and I don't think they would. Ch- I don't think any of the, any of them would change it now. I yeah, think, I think that um, I think we all love each other and we all understand each other much better and um it's probably really good life skills for them as well because going through those processes seeing how you sort things out Mm -hmm. you know the communication Mm -hmm. when you need to you know whether it's reading books or outside help or Mm. or whatever are probably speaking to each other yeah 
Yeah, yeah really important skills. Yeah, definitely. And you're assuming, uh, assuming as well that, uh, you know, hopefully for, for children of blended families, they're then, you know, when they're not with you, they're obviously then with their other family mm-hmm. and having a lovely time as well, hopefully. Yeah. And, um, you yeah. know, when they've got through, you know, the ups and downs. Yeah. And, and they have a lot of extra people in their lives. So, um, mm. you know, then our extended families, you know, there's a lot of them. Um, so I think they gain a lot from that as well. Do you ever all get together? I remember when I was younger mm-hmm. and um, and then we'd have um, we'd have my father and then my stepmom and then we'd have my mum all together at Christmas and some people think that was slightly weird or, or odd. Um, um, I mean, it wasn't always like that. There was ups yeah. and downs. But do you have those? Those kinds of things happen sometimes and... Um, I mean, our, we- our wedding was our wedding was really fun, and on our sort of top table, there was me and Gary. There was my mum and my stepdad. There was my dad and my stepmom. There was Gary's parents. So you know, we've already got that yes. element going on, yeah. and they were yeah. all there. And um, I mean, my mum and dad didn't speak to each other for a long, long time after they got divorced. But they were, you know, by the time that all came around, they yes. were, and that was really nice. And they kind of moved their chairs; they could sit next to each other and chat and stuff. And you know, time does make a difference. And, yes. you know, definitely for us with, with ex-partners, I think it's not been an, an easy road, but it's definitely moved on. Mm. And you get to the point where you can get together and, and do things and it's much, much easier. Um, we have a lot of big gatherings. So my husband's from California, so we have a lot of big family gatherings out there okay. with all of the family, um, which is really nice. And a lot of, you know, a lot of big family memories along the way. Have you got some of those plans now? Can you, can you do, can you travel um, we're hoping yeah, to in got... the summer okay. to go and see everyone because it's been a long time. Yeah, um, some of the I think I think my kids haven't seen Carrie's family now. I think it'll be two years in the summer. Okay, because we did go out briefly um, before the first lockdown happened, so a couple of the kids saw the family. So, um, but yeah, hopefully in the summer. And oh, actually, one of the lovely. girls, one of the girls is going out there for uni, so she oh. starts in September, so she'll be going out. Yeah. Oh, that's something lovely to look yeah. forward to, isn't it? Yeah. So don't give up, basically. Yeah. Is, is, yeah. If you so can. Keep... I mean, especially if you're tearing your hair out and dealing with it on your own. I think, I think there's a couple of things that make it worse. I think one is focusing on... I mean, I, I naturally turn to these kinds of thoughts, I suppose, with what I do for work and things. But I know that when I was in that phase and it was very, very bad, when I spent a lot of time focusing on talking to friends about how bad things were, mm. it just feels worse. It okay. just, you know, you're really focusing on all the negatives and talking about it all the time just perpetuates those feelings. So if possible, find find a way to get those feelings out and be able to kind of download it, but then mm. try and find a positive focus so you're not in that space all the time because it's really destructive. It's not mm. good for you. Um, and get help if you can. Yes. So um, I've had various friends go through things, you know, after we have, and I've definitely spent time speaking to them and trying to kind of help them be able to have that download but mm. get to a better space. And I think finding a family counsellor or, you know, someone who's got experience with blended families is very, very beneficial. So try and explore all those avenues before you give up anyway, because if you've got a good, solid relationship, um, then if you can nurture that and be stronger together, that's really helpful as well. Great, yeah. great. And you mentioned your business. So yeah. how, tell us a bit about your business. Cause I, and how long has your business been running? Because you, you were saying mm-hmm. that when you and Gary were first together, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was basically yourself with the five children after school. Yeah. I mean, that would have been that was a bit of a huge crazy challenge. Time. That was a bit of a crazy time. So I'd already done my training as a life coach at that point, okay. which like 10 years, so about 12 years ago, I qualified as a life coach. 
So I was doing a bit of work then, but I also had a couple of day jobs, like office jobs. I was juggling Mm. a lot. I used to do one job for three hours, rush to Marlow, do another job for two hours, go and pick up the kids. Uh. And then sometimes in the evening, I would try and do like fit in some clients or something like that. So it's a little bit crazy and Mm. too much probably. Um, Then as the kids got older and as they've got into being teenage and that, you know, have been more occupied and need me less in a sort of, you know, being there all the time. Um, I eventually stopped doing the day jobs and Mm. I was focused on the coaching. And then about two and a half years ago, I launched a business with my business partner, Anna, called Mm. We Are Tobono. And we support women running small businesses. We offer coaching and mentoring and we have a members community where we support and nurture their growth, their progress. And we focus on their business. We focus on their well-being. And we do things like co-working sessions, Mm. um, networking groups. And it's it's a real place of warmth, I would say, and where we can support people. They support each other. They get to know each other. um, And it's nice to have that when you're doing your own thing. It can be very, very hard. It can be lonely. You can wonder how to do things. Or, again, it's another area where you can feel like giving up. Yes, yeah. Um, But having sort of a solid tribe of of people who have your back, who understand Mm. what you're going through, and who can help you with those challenges makes it much more achievable. And are these generally people, so they've they've like left previous careers or maybe they're returning to work or they've just, what, yeah. setting up a small business, it's something they've wanted to do? It's a huge range. We've definitely, we've got some business owners who have come out of corporate careers and they've thought, actually, mm-hmm. I'm going to do this for myself freelance. So they might be working in HR or team building and big corporates, that kind of thing. We've got... Um, uh, we have we have a lady who's a dog trainer, and she's previously run huge events around the mm. world. Um, she's now doing the dog training. We've got mobile hairdressers. We have product-based um, websites who are selling gifts or accessories or jewellery, that kind of thing. Um, and some people have been doing their own thing for years and years. Yes. Some people just make a jump. Some people have not done anything for a long time. They've had a family and mm. focused on raising the family, and then they want to do something different to what they did before. So everyone has come from a different background everyone Mm. has different skills and capabilities and there's things that everyone needs in terms of support so it's um finding out what it is that they need and being able to kind of um keep keep sort of flowing with what we offer Mm. and being responsive to what they need and for a lot of people in that situation if they are a small business or just sole trader Mm. um it's lovely having that supportive network isn't it because then you're with other like-minded people or just to bounce ideas around or just purely just support from a emotional or mental health perspective definitely and when when the first lockdown happened last year, we were mm. pretty new still in terms of our community. That, okay. You know, we started the business um, actually based on some online courses and then we changed it over time because the people we were meeting, they were saying what they wanted. Mm. So we set the community up not long before the first lockdown happened and then moved all of our stuff online and our, and our community sort of, um, well, like quadrupled in size over the next oh, sort wow. of six, seven months. And people have really got to know each other and the friendships are formed and just they, they, I think they really like the security and knowledge that that group is there, whether it's Mm. in the online group or through one of the events that we run. And, you know, we're able to do a few things in person now and more so going forward. But yeah, I think it's a really nice security knowing there's other people out there who completely get it, understand what you're going through. Mm. Um, and it's that safe space to be vulnerable and say, actually, this is how I'm feeling about yeah. it. This is what I need help with, rather than having to put on a brave face all the time and pretend that everything's okay. Yes, yeah. Which 
which isn't great to feel that you have to do that yeah definitely and so those life coach skills that you've got did they help in your this you know with your family with your children do you think um, I don't know I think sometimes I think when you're in your own situation and you're so close to it it's very hard to help yourself mm. I think that's why you do need to get outside help because like I said to you it's really easy to be very childish and you know it can be so infuriating and so upsetting that it's it's extremely hard in those sorts of situations yeah. to to be a coach to yourself I don't I don't I don't think so no I think that's why you always need to get that outside help yes. to, to help yourself I think it I think it helps me now in lots of ways with um you know talking to my teenagers and mm. um being able to help them in ways I can but I think no in those intense situations where where emotions are running high and there's a lot of upset and difficult situations I think you need some different perspective and someone to kind of help you um emotionally there was a 10-year study that was I was also reading about by Dr. James Bray, and he says exactly what you've said um, this morning, um, Chloe. It, it, it's called, where well, he said, it, it, again, there were three stages. He said there's the, the romantic approach, so I'm guessing that's sort of like the honeymoon, false yeah. expectations. <laughs> the matriarchal, which it tends to be where you just have the woman who's taking charge, and often that can be... <laughs> <laughs> Chloe's nodding here, making a face. Okay, so that could have happened then. Um, it's a, so sometimes that could be that the, 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 a man comes to the relationship with no children, right. or perhaps possibly children, but you still take charge. Yeah. Um, and then that can be, because it's then obviously all, you know, down on the woman. You're nodding. I feel like you oh, need because, to add something yeah, to that. No, just because, <laughs> you know, I think sometimes that's unintentional. I think in mm. our situation, I was sort of... Um, well, I don't know if I was like not expecting it. You know, I knew I knew how full on Gary's job and, and career yeah. was, but we were in this honeymoon period where we're like, this is just going to be such great fun. Five kids, <laughs> they're going to have so much fun together. It's going to be brilliant, and we love each other so much. So how could it not be brilliant? Like, you know, this is great. And then the reality is, I'm I remember actually in the in the early days, we didn't have a car big enough for seven of us, mm. so I couldn't pick all five kids up for the first. It was only like a month or so before we then got a car big enough and all that kind of stuff. But I remember this day. Um, where I had to get all five kids off the school bus. So they had to get the bus because I didn't have the car to go and get them from school. So they had to get them off the school bus. And I went to the bus stop. And as I got there, the heavens opened. It was the last day of term. They all got off the bus with like five bags. <laughs> They're like school bag, pee kit, carry bags oh. full of books. And the little ones were five. I mean, they oh. were small. And we had to then walk the... 15 minutes back which ended up being about half an hour because they're all knackered one of them fell over oh. in a puddle and grazed their knees and I'm like oh oh my god how, what is going on here and I'm trying to get these five kids back home and I think I probably got home and it was very tense one of the kids it was my daughter she I like that she it was, was just very really tense <laughs> very tense and stressful and I don't I I thought about all the good stuff and all the fun mm. times and and sometimes sometimes things were really challenging and I did end up doing quite a bit on my own and then by the time my husband would come home he would be like really excited to be, see the kids so it was that classic thing of like you're at home doing all that bit and then they come and they're yes. like hi everyone and, and the kids run up to fun. daddy and you're feeling like exhausted <laughs> and wiped out and, and start stressed. yelling yeah so that's challenging yeah. isn't it that's, so I think that what he's saying okay. I think often you do kind of assume that position yes yeah um, and and uh, and that can be hard and uh, well and in that uh, ma I can't say it, matriarchal stage is when then 
then if the um, husband then and woman then have another child together, there's this con- first family experiences. Yeah, we were so really sensible there and didn't do you that. You didn't. <laughs> we Let's just add another one to five. And we did think about it. But then <laughs> did we were you like, really? Okay. We did. We did. Okay. I mean, I was only 32 when we got together, 33. Okay. So, I mean, I had my children quite young. I was 25 yes. when I had my son. Okay. He's 18 now. And... Um, had Lola when I was 28 so I was about 32 33 so we did talk about it and and really think about it and then we realized actually we're having quite a good time here we'd have all five kids one weekend and then the next weekend no kids and we did loads of traveling and Gary travels a lot with work so I would kind of tag on to a trip and actually this is really nice and do we really want six kids yeah so we couldn't imagine actually where we would have found the time to have a baby and and add Mm. to the family and that we would have been crazy i know lots of people do do it but and i get that might be the romantics the romantic idea yeah. oh let's have mm-hmm. a baby and knit it all together yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> join it together but then you don't get the alternate weekends off which no it's, it's really quite it's a quite nice thing healing, really <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then and then dr james uh, bray he talks about then the stage which which you said this neo-traditional where it's um, issues are acknowledged, they're spoken about, and then you acquire the skills and you go and get that mm. outside help. So, oh, well, that's great. Well, you, sh- you know, you shared lots of really um, beneficial information there. And you mentioned that you've you read loads of books. Loads of books. So just what, go to just Amazon, go to Amazon. Or, or, or anywhere else. Or go to a good online other little, store. Uh, or little bookshop in yes. Cookham. Yes. <laughs> um, other independent bookshops. And so there's, there's but plenty. But looking for either blended families or step families out there you can find all the info out there yes okay that's great right well we're going to have a song oh mother christine aguilera so another appropriate song and then coming up after the break we're going to be talking about the whatsapp groups how many whatsapp groups were you on with five children you say that and actually were you not no (laughs) and also i then things like that whatsapp groups i would deal with the stuff for my kids and gary and his ex-wife would deal with the stuff for their kids so Uh, there's definitely areas where you where things don't cross over in that way but because I wouldn't just kind of assume that responsibility for, for Gary's kids. So I only had to do the ones for my kids, okay, thankfully, because sa- I think that would have been a bit crazy. Yeah, that's, that, that sounds very sensible. Okay, Christine Aguilera. And- oh, yeah. She was so young with such innocent eyes. She always dreamt of a fairy tale life and all the things that your money can't buy. And she thought that he was a wonderful guy. And suddenly things seemed to change. It was the moment she took on his name. All of the pain back away. Oh, mother, we're stronger for all of the tears you have shed. Oh, mother, don't look back, cause he'll never hurt us again. So, mother, I thank, thank you all that you've done and still do. Still do. 
we've been chatting about blended families we've got sam here with us and he he just pointed out one of the things we haven't spoken about grandparents we we hadn't yeah they are part of the blended families aren't they well they are the the extended family that you have thank you very much (laughs) sorry sam (laughs) i haven't put his microphone on we didn't really want to hear from sam (laughs) quietly in the corner as i usually do um, no, blended family. Yeah, grandparents. I mean, my, my dad, my mum died very young, and my dad would always come round for, for Christmas. And then one year, he said he wasn't going to come round for Christmas. He was going to go back to India. Well, can you not go after? You know, just come mm. for Christmas and go in January. Nobody cares, right? No, no, I've got to go now, son. Oh, okay, fine. Well, I'll pick you up from the airport when you come back, Dad. No problem, okay? So I dropped him. Off he's gone comes back out he comes through the gate you know you're waiting yeah. there hi dad and then two feet behind him is this little woman oh. and I'm like, I'm like going, who are you and he goes this is my new wife <gasps> and my no. jaw hit the floor I'm like did you want to give me a hint tell me about it anything oh. at all and she was a super bright woman she was a, a, a children's pediatrician oh. super smart mm. top of the game but she was like this meek little thing that had turned Whoa. up behind him. And I'm like, okay, so how do I deal with this? And it was like, suddenly... Were they actually staying with you for the... Is no, this... I dropped them straight home. They weren't coming back. <laughs> no. There was no bloody way. <laughs> right. Not a chance. Because okay. you might mention it then, mightn't you? Well, it, you know, I, yes. I would have yeah. gone left out of Heathrow back to Cookham, right back to London. And that's where they stayed, right back in London. Uh, I was not a happy bunny. Oh. No. And I had to then introduce them to my grand, uh, their grandchildren, her grandchildren, which didn't go down well with me. Oh. Because it, it was like suddenly, you're not my mother. 
and I don't have any feelings for you, and I don't even know who you are, by the way. And, and you so, were you, you were obviously an adult when I, this is I, I happening. Think with children, I'd be a yeah. grown adult. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm just a bit. I just needed to <laughs> clarify that. I was in that. my mid-thirties. But, but yeah. you were upset about it, and that, yeah, yeah I, Dad hadn't mentioned it. Well, that didn't worry me. I mean, that that point was oh, whatever you want to do. But it was when I realised that this woman was going to be part of my children's life. Yeah. And that's when mm. I got a little bit upset because she was then trying to do the. Th- See, unfortunately, my mother died a year before my children were born so she never saw my oh, children okay. so this woman mm. was doing everything as a grandparent or a grandmother that mm. my mother would have done or she mm. was trying to and so I pushed her to the edges of our relationship mm. and only once unfortunately she died something about my dad unfortunately <gasps> when she died I hope he's not listening he's, no he's gone as well <laughs> oh <laughs> that's right no, okay it's fine. <laughs> and, no, but, but when she died uh, I moved him nearer us and we had a better relationship okay. but for, for I guess a period of eight years I pushed my dad away as well mm. I, didn't, I didn't want to know I didn't want her as part of our family Mm. Yeah, I think that's really, I think that's really difficult. And you can be so well intentioned as a step parent, whatever age the children are, you can be so well intentioned, you want to do all of the right things. But I think you don't realise that sometimes you can actually overstep whether it's just something emotional that's going on for them. and you can you can offend so many different people very easily and I know in my situation there were things I did that um my husband's ex-wife felt I was treading on her toes about and in hindsight Mm. I can look at that and think yep definitely shouldn't have done that but at the time I just felt like I was doing the right thing for Gary for Mm. us as a family and you don't always have the you don't always have enough emotional intelligence to to realize that or to you kind of trying to give so much Mm. and love as much as you can and embrace everyone as much as you can even when it's hard that you can go too far and you can upset people but but i said there's no book clearly there are books (laughs) but there's there's no book that you read it's like when you have a baby right Mm. it pops out Mm. and you go what what do we do with this thing now you know and it's i guess the same thing for you you've just got into a new relationship it's not a relationship that you would have thought of 20 years ago Mm. But there you are, mm. and you've got your stepchildren, and you're trying to do the best by everyone. Yeah. But you're treading a new map. You're making your own path, and, and you don't know what's ahead of you. And sometimes, guess what? You make mistakes on that path. Yep. Yeah, it's very true. It's very true. <gasps> lots of challenges, lots of challenges. But I wonder if any are as challenging <laughs> as <laughs> class or school year or any other actually whatsapp groups so um were you on your were you on your children's whatsapp group sam no it's probably a good job from some of the <laughs> stories i've i've heard from you so um various news reports are on the impact that parents whatsapp groups um have on teachers have on school staff um have on other parents ranges from politics misinformation false allegations about teaching staff that's obviously very serious um Obviously, they've been shown that if they if they are managed effectively, then you know, then they they obviously are very helpful. I mean, I know myself as a parent, the whole don't forget it's Mufti Day, uh, forgotten the spellings. Can somebody post up a picture of the spellings? Um, got these boots to get rid of. Um, does anybody want these? Um, so it has been very useful from that perspective. But there are then obviously all the downsides as well. There was one. Um, one article I read, and this did, did make me laugh. I'm not going to say, you know, that it resonated at all. <laughs> but it was where WhatsApp group u- users were broken down into types. So you've got the 
all right, all right, hun brigade who share any old. I'm going to just insert rubbish in here. <laughs> for whom everything is amazing, babe. The informer... We all know one of those. ..who likes to be able to be the first to break all the school news to everyone, even though it's been emailed. Oh, um, and then you've got the school can do no wrong crowd, who if anyone questions the logic of anything the school's doing, they're ready to pounce and accuse you of being unsupportive. Then you've got the on it all day... So um, they're just, they answer immediately, immediately the message sent. Then you've got the wind-up merchants. You might fall into this one, Sam. No, who no, comment no. just to poke at the all right hun lot. <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got the what's for lunch set That's every day. I wasn't on many WhatsApp groups. At 8.45, where you want to answer, read the mm menu. <laughs> um, then you've got the health scare mum, uh, does this rash look like scarlet fever? So it goes on and on oh and goodness. on. Um what are your thoughts on... Um, so you said Gary would... How did that work then? I mean, he must have been quite... Those WhatsApp groups, you, you know, those well, messages know pinging was, quite regularly. I don't was know it not if he so was doing the then? WhatsApp. No, I don't think it was because I'm thinking about this and thinking, actually, I remember there being one WhatsApp group after Leon had left Danesfield and already gone to Borlase before, I think it was my daughter Lola when she was still at, at Danesfield at primary school. And I remember there being a WhatsApp group then and they are very annoying. And most of the stuff you do not want to know. So I just used to mute them. Because you just mute the groups. Don't, okay. you don't keep getting all the things. And then you can look if you want to, but you don't have to do anything with just it. Just have a quick scroll through. Yes. Um, but I don't remember them having WhatsApp groups before. I don't think when we got together and when all the kids... I don't think they were oh, doing WhatsApp groups Okay, at that you're probably point. quite fortunate then. <laughs> I think it was more the old style, um, like, Yahoo email groups email. or something like that. Okay. Um, so I don't remember intense, furious... WhatsApp groups. Men aren't wanted on those groups. We're not invited onto those groups, actually. In, in, in where I live, the mums would even look at you at the gate. What are you doing here? Oh. oh. There was a real gender okay. issue about okay. men being at the school gate. Was this a while ago? I mean, how many years are you talking? Cause Eight. Would, oh, We're not talking okay. Massive. Not I mean, that, not, yeah. unfriendly. Not I mean, you know, I'm not the shyest person in the world. So, no. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're not. You know, happy. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but, you know, but the point about it was, you know, they were ready for their Pilates class. They were talking about something else. They didn't want a man to come into that middle of the group. And I understand oh. that. So often you would be to the side of a group and they would have a mum's net going on. And then they'd go for coffee or they'd go down the gym right. or they'd go for the Pilates class or whatever they were going to do together, right? And you were never invited. So you were never part of that group. If you wanted to be, it wasn't natural. Mm. Um, and I understand that. I mean, I wouldn't want one of the mums to be part of the dad's group, right? Yeah. Like, it just doesn't work. We used to get those mums who would turn up to the rugby. Oh, please, come on. You know. You could have gone to, you could have done the school run in your leggings and said, what time's Pilates? <laughs> I didn't mind though when I didn't mind uh, my without going into too much detail so I I don't mind if that my husband was on it because sometimes when you get so many messages at least there's two of you looking out for it so you're not Mm. missing it however that said he he did leave one and then I did point out that fact that that uh, Gemma has spoken about where I was like you realise it's going to say you've left did you (laughs) offer any explanation first it's just going to come up your name yeah Mm, left the group you should have I don't know you could have said something made up something but yeah so Mm. it's quite a lot we had to form a dad's group okay so we've named it the Cook and Dean Chamber of Commerce oh 
cool. And we just called it that for fun. And it's basically, it's nothing it's more It's the beer than, and curry group. It is, basically. <laughs> when, when are we meeting at the cricket club? Who's going up to the Jolly Farmer? What's uh, on at the White Oak tonight? Okay. So we have it under a technical name of the Cook and Dean Chain of the Commons Club. And actually, because... Facebook's where it used to be hosted, and then yeah. you'd suddenly get all the mums coming in and the wives telling you, oh, "That's an inappropriate joke." Okay, we're oh going. Uh, okay. So yes. WhatsApp, WhatsApp is very, I think, vertical to groups. Oh, okay. I think yeah, I was pretty happy once the kids had all finished at primary school, and went to the next school, and then you don't have that kind of involvement, and you just get your emails about school trips exactly. or this thing that you need to know, and you don't have to do the school gates, and you don't have to do the chat groups, and yep deal with all the other parents all the time in, in secondary did yeah. you say okay much better yeah. uh, drop okay. and go okay. drop and go totally yeah. that's it they yeah. don't want you around anyway nope. did you ever do the one that I used to love doing though I used to wind the window down and shout love you because oh, yeah. sometimes my daughter will get out of the car in the morning and I say oh, my kiss and she's like no for some reason she'll be like no and I'm like okay and then I wind the window down to go I love you she's like Oh, parent! <laughs> yeah. oh, I love doing that one. I remember doing the hug, trying to do the hug on mm-hmm. on the first day of secondary school, and, and like physically being pushed away. That's I realised so I just that I was really obviously yeah. Every, yeah. It's really embarrassing Push, because then you yeah. turn up at the front of the class. <laughs> Hello again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, right. Let's let's just have a little chat about what's happening locally. We've got Marlow Spinfield School. You you would know these schools. Um, Sam and Chloe, uh, I went local to school. Did school. you? Yeah, so did. Oh. I, grew up, yeah. I grew up in Marlow. So. Oh, well, your old school. Um, so, a group <laughs> of children there. Um, they're produced and they're selling eco bags from unwanted. Sorry, the children are produced. Have produced. Have produced. Sorry. Yeah, they I have. You said the children produced. Produced. <laughs> they have produced. <laughs> Nothing's to surprise me. And they're selling eco bags, which are made from unwanted bed linen, and they're doing it to raise money for Marlow Refugee Action um, Group, so which is an international charity, MarlowRefugeeAction.org.uk. And Jane Sprebury, the head teacher, said that global citizenship is a really important life skill. So well done to the youngsters at Marlow Spinfield School. Um, in other news, we've got Heights Primary School in Caversham who have um, been waiting. They've been on a temporary facility at the school, has been a temporary facility since 2014. They were hoping to move into their new school in June. It's now been put back till September. So this is in Caversham because of, how, I don't, I'm not sure how you say this, but subsidence. Subsist- subsistence. Hmm. Okay. The building building falling down. I realise that, yeah, something to do with, yeah, the ground that they've built the school on, which is a little bit. So Karen Edwards, uh, the head, says that while it's really sad because the year sixes are the ones that had started at the school and were meant to be going into the new school, they're still going to make it really special for the year sixes who leave in the summer. And Shiplake College have got plans to go fully co-educational, co-ed, by 2027. Um, There's a few secondary schools who are going down that path there was the oratory i think is um is one so yeah those are some of the things that are happening um locally um next week coming up in the show finally we put it off actually uh, uh various reasons but we will be talking to the high sheriff of Berkshire, really? finally. Yeah, the high sheriff. Had, had you heard? No. Did, yeah. Where do we put the horse? 
Yeah, I know, I know. He, yeah, he he's, he won't actually be coming in, but coming oh. in, but yes, yeah. What, um, he has got a horse, though? Yeah, um, no, I didn't ask him that. Actually, he does have a farm, the he high probably does have So a Willie Hartley Russell, um, I had a great <laughs> chat with, and the role is, it, it's a his real critical role in terms of what he does for charity, how he supports the Thames Valley Police, um, yeah, it's uh, very interesting and informative. So really looking forward um, to um, listening to that uh, next week. He does actually have a co- an outfit, a costume. <laughs> <laughs> no, he does. He actually does. Do you think it's a uniform or a costume? Uniform. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I Mr. Ben that, walks into a change room. I knew there was a word, a costume. And today I'm going to be an astronaut. <laughs> Uniform is yeah. the correct word, yes, <laughs> yes. Because actually what he can do, and I'll mention it again next week, but he can actually go out to schools or to various events and he goes in his uniform, <laughs> not his costume, in his <laughs> uniform. So we'll be chatting to him. And also uh, chatting next week, so on that theme of local charity work, to um, Pablo from Pangbourne College. We had probably about a month ago, um, we, I chatted to a member of the Pangbourne Sixth Form College who um, had run a couple of marathons, as you do in a week, to raise money. Pablo, he actually heads up the, um, they have a Sixth Form committee for uh, charity work and partnership. I'm sure a lot of other schools do as well. Um, so we'll be chatting to him as well. And, and actually, if there is any other schools want to get in contact, um, please email me at rachel at river.ray. So, um, thank you so much, Chloe. That was, that's been me. great chatting to you. Yeah, it was good fun. And um, really, really useful information there. And thank you, Sam, for sharing the story of <laughs> your, your story. I knew you would have an experience to, um, to share. So, it uh, seems very appropriate that we finish with We Are Family Sister Sledge. Very good.
of the Thames Valley.